Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. On Friday, June 13, 1902, a Baltimore policeman accompanied a boy of seven onto a trolley that slowly trundled out of the working-class neighborhood south of Pratt Street. Living as he did above his father's bar on Camden Street, little George Ruth had become uncontrollable. He shot pool, drank half-empty beers left on the tables, chewed tobacco, and once stole a dollar from the cash register to buy ice cream for his friends. He needed supervision, and the policeman was taking him to a place where he'd surely get it. St. Mary's Industrial School, on the city's southwestern edge, was a Catholic institution for boys who were thought to be incorrigible or vicious or beyond the control of their parents. The trolley reached its last stop. The cop escorted him through the imposing gate and left him in the care of the Catholic brothers. Life at St. Mary's was highly regimented. The boys slept in cots two feet apart, in rows running down the dormitory like a hospital ward. Days began at 6, ended at 8.15 at night, and included academic classes, manual training, and some free time, which was always spent outdoors in every kind of weather except rain. The food was pitiful. Oatmeal for breakfast, bread and soup for lunch and supper. When the wind turned southwesterly, the stench from the nearby stockyards, said H.L. Mencken, rivaled poison gas. Discipline was administered by leather strap or solitary confinement. Most inmates, as the boys called themselves, stayed two years or less. George would be there for 12. His mother and sister rarely visited. His father never came at all. I guess I'm too big and ugly for anyone to come see me, he said. One person did take an interest in him. Brother Matthias was a giant of a man raised in the coal country of Cape Britain. He stood either 6'4 or 6'6, accounts differ, and weighed 212 or was it 300 pounds? No one knew, but wherever he appeared, fight stopped, roughhousing ceased. St. Mary's offered many sports, but by far the boys' favorite was baseball. Each class and dormitory floor had a team. So did the manual training schools. Sometimes, when the older boys took the field against the city high schools, 3,000 spectators turned up to watch. Early on, Brother Matthias coaxed young George into playing. When the boy couldn't hit, Matthias gave him a bat, stood him in a corner, and threw baseballs at him until he swung to defend himself. When his team needed a catcher, they tossed left-handed George a right-hander's catcher's mitt, the only one they had. Still, he excelled behind the plate. As years passed and he grew to an impressive six feet, he became an ace left-handed pitcher, playing about 200 games a year, sometimes two or three a day. Brother Matthias watched his progress and tutored him in the mental aspects of the game. The highlight of a St. Mary's week came on Saturday evenings, after supper, when Brother Matthias picked up a fungo bat and strode out into the main yard. Five hundred boys rushed out to watch. Matthias batted with one hand because he'd once injured a boy while batting two-handed. Even so, balls flew off his bat in long, majestic arcs. The boys raced to catch them. The dominant idea in this, the dead ball era, when the ball was soft and misshapen, was to hit downward and slap a drive past the infield. But on those Saturday evenings after supper, George found inspiration and copied Matthias's uppercut swing. Soon, when he stepped up to the plate, opposing pitchers turned and waved their outfielders back, way back. People began talking about this powerful, long-hitting pitcher from St. Mary's. Jack Dunn, owner of the Baltimore Orioles, came out to see what the fuss was about and immediately offered the kid a contract. Though it isn't recorded, Brother Matthias surely smiled when he got the news. 
but he hardly could have known that his protege, George Ruth, soon to be called Babe, was about to change the game of baseball forever. Mm-hmm.